Welcome back, all my fellow football fans, to another episode of the Football Mundial Podcast. We've got a pretty busy episode today, so we'll get straight into it. Uh, Daniel Valdez, how you doing down there, bro? Doing, doing great, bro. Just excited to <coughs> talk a little bit more about the sport we all like to watch. Yeah, finally, uh, club ball is back, right? I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the international break. I can't lie. I don't really like watching, like, Spain play Korsbove and these random teams. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the tournaments are always fun, but not not the like these qualifiers and breaks. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the Euros coming up. That'll be fun for sure. Uh, Daniel Grijalva, how you doing, bro? Doing good, bro. Ready, ready to talk. You know. Yes, sir. Get the show on the road. Um, so we'll go ahead and kick it off with a little bit of La Liga action. Um, CI Liga, the league is closer than ever. Uh, We'll go ahead and follow that up with some Bundesliga action. Uh, unfortunately, the title may, may be all but over. And uh, last but not least, we'll finish it up with some Champions League. The game just wrapped up a couple hours ago, so we'll go ahead and cover all four of those games. So with that out the way, let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, first game I wanted to cover for today was uh, probably the biggest game that took place in La Liga this weekend. Uh, we got Sevilla hosting Atletico Madrid. And in Sevilla's last game, right, we saw uh, they barely picked up a, a point. Uh, last minute goal by Bono, of all people, uh, coming out for the corner, um, coming out of his goal for the last second. And he's able to get that goal, right? But I think Madrid hasn't looked too, too well. They've dropped points in their last six out of the 10 league games now. So, you know, they're not looking too hot, right? And unfortunately, they dropped points. I mean, unfortunately for Atleti fans, that is, uh, they dropped points yet again. Yeah, it's it's really it sucks to see. I mean, they were they were doing really well at the middle of the season, but I mean, and now you can kind of see like it's just their form is really dipped, and it looks like um, I don't know. It's it's in Barca's hands right now. Um, they play them and Madrid, so it's just it's all in Barca's hands right now. Honestly. No, yeah, I mean, definitely, it's they they've been struggling, and it doesn't look like they're picking up anytime soon. Um, Felix wasn't available. He didn't play this game. And they just kind of, I don't know, Sevilla just looked like the better team the whole 90 minutes. They just completely outplayed him. Yeah, one <clears> of the <throat> interesting things was uh, Luke de Jong starting over Yusuf El Nassidi, who um, has cooled down a little bit. He had that hot streak going, but, you know, he was cooling down a little bit. So I guess I could see the thinking there. Um, he was eventually subbed off, but the the trouble started early for Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, just in the sixth minute, Saul steps on Rakitic and, it's another penalty. Um, be, uh, luckily for Atletico Madrid, Oblak saves that penalty. Um, but when your goalie saving a penalty and that's the highlight of your match, you know it didn't go too well, right? Um, after about 70 minutes, the deadlock was finally broken. After some beautiful buildup, if you guys haven't seen it, 69th minute, um, funny enough, 69th minute, Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla just plays the ball a little bit on that right side and is able to get Navas uh, in behind and fullback to fullback, right? Navas crosses it to Acuna and Acuna smashes the header home. And, you know, other than that, um, Atletico really, really wasn't able to find anything, any real, real scoring opportunities, right? I mean, there was the Hermoso one a couple minutes later. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just that. from the beginning, it, it looked like Sevilla were, like, the better team overall. And, I mean, throughout the game, it just, you know, it looked, you could tell, too, that they were the better team. And it's it's great to see because they've been playing pretty well this season. I mean, they've had a few games, I mean, here and there. But, I mean, I, th I think they've played some really good football. And, yeah. No, yeah, Um, just going back to the, to the penalty save. Um, from what we've seen, I mean, I can, the, 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 the most recent memory I have of Oblak in penalties is the, the finals against Madrid, the Champions League final. And he just looked completely lost out there. Like, you know, he's, I don't, I don't, I don't really know him as a really uh, good penalty stopper, I would say. Um, I think he's a, he's a great keeper, but I don't think he's one of like a penalty expert. So that's what we talk about those little crunch moments at this time of the season. You know, you have your, your keeper stepping up and it just doesn't seem to be enough. I mean, it's like the players aren't stepping up now, you know. I mean, the keeper's doing his job at the end of the day. It's something, like like I said, it's not very characteristic of him, but, I mean, he did it well. And then just touching on the penalty, Ocampo's missing another penalty. Is that time uh, maybe for, for a change? Remember the one against Barca in, in the semi? Yep. And l luckily it didn't cost him this game, but, 
it's just one of those little things. And I don't know, just Atletico just doesn't seem to pick up in, in three, three, three fourths of the of the field. It's not working out offensively for them. Yeah, I wonder why Rakitic didn't take the penalty. Yeah, since, uh, that's mean, exactly what yeah. I told my dad after he missed. Um, I mean, he's yeah. the one that got it. He, that's exactly. that's one of the things that he's really good at, right? Those set pieces, the corners, the free kicks, the especially penalties. He, he's always been a solid penalty taker. And like you said, I think it might be time for Ocampos to step down, um, you know, maybe for a penalty or two. Eventually, he may come back. But, I mean, the way is, it was, like you said, it wasn't a great penalty. It, it's a pretty, as long as you dive in the right way, I think any goalie really stops that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple huge things, like we said, for Atletico, uh, right? They were, what what was it, 14 points with the game in hand and 11 in points with, like, two games in hand at one point. It, they had a, a crazy lead, and there's never been a a team in La Liga to blow a lead that big. And it looks like, I mean, in my opinion, this team looks like they're kind of crumbling in, in front of our eyes. Um, they have crumbled in front of our eyes, to be completely honest with you. Barcelona's a point behind now. Real Madrid is a point behind now. Um, I, I mean, Marcos Llorente is out the next game. Suarez is out the next game, both for suspension, but Suarez actually also got a muscle injury, so... You know, he'll be out for three weeks. Um, and, and in that time, let's see who they have. They have Betis next, like I said, uh, Eibar and Huesca, which aren't bad games, but Athletic Club, right, away as well. So, um, I mean, three weeks, he would technically miss that match. Whether he 100% will, we don't really know. But, I mean, those are two games that are toss-ups, and that's not including Barcelona and Sociedad a couple weeks later. And things aren't looking good for Atletico right now. Yeah, it's just, it's really crazy to see. Honestly, is they had like a really high point difference, and then it's just slowly and slowly blown slowly, away. It's just blown away. Yeah. I mean, the the I would say the only thing um kind of saving them right now, if if they can get back into two winning ways, is they do play the face the the head to head against Barca. You know, if they can somehow get get those three points, I think they'll be able and... to secure. But then again, you have to secure the other games as well. And um, we do have to keep in mind that Atletico does currently hold the tiebreaker because they beat Barcelona earlier. So, I mean, realistically, all they need is a tie and they can drop um, equal on them on points at the end of the season and still win the title, right? But Real Madrid has a tiebreaker over them. And personally, in my opinion, I think, um, you know, this this weekend's El Clasico may not necessarily decide the title, but I personally think the title race is now between those two teams. Um, not to say that Atletico doesn't have a chance because, I mean, they're, they're sitting in first. But, you know, like I previously said, they're kind of crumbling. And uh, this this El Clasico this weekend will put one of these teams in a position to keep chasing Atletico. And whoever wins will will jump into first for at least a day. Yeah. No, yeah. And, I mean, like you said, um, they have Real Betis this weekend. So, that, that's another huge game. I mean, Betis is a good team. They have some so special sitting players in like, like the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in it's at, at Betis, you know, and mm-hmm. just looking at their schedule, like I said, they got Atletic away as well, and then Barca's away as well. So I mean, they have a some huge games to to be played. They just need to fight. They need to find that fire again, and it just seemed like that that surprise that Llorente was causing down that right flank is has disappeared. He's just yeah. kind of cooled off, and it's just kind of. I feel like teams just kind of found found how to how to uh, play defense against it, you know. Yeah, it's different when you know it's coming and you can kind of plan and prepare for it, right? Compared to when earlier in the season, nobody was expecting it uh, from Llorente. Yeah. But I think um, with this game out of the way, we'll, we'll move into who some people may have as the title favorites, um, you know, seeing how they performed this weekend and how they performed midweek against Liverpool, right? Real Madrid hosts Eibar. And... I've been pretty critical of Real Madrid and their performances over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, just kind of saying they, they don't create too much. It's just cross after cross, hold the ball, and, you know, not really too many great, great scoring opportunities, right? But this game was completely different, and I'm, I'm going to put my hands up and be honest here. Um, it starts off really early. Benzema almost gets gifted a goal, but um, with the, the little three-back that they've been playing, and especially when Marcelo's on that left, um, and he doesn't have to worry about defensive duties and it's just creativity. Um, Madrid's flowing and, you know, Vinny, Vinny looked 
played really well, actually. Um, Benzema as well, you know, the way he just creates space, he continues to do it. I, I really couldn't say too much bad about this Real Madrid performance, to be completely honest. <clears throat> yeah, it's just one of those those matches where you, you don't know what you're going to get from the from the opposition, you know, like, um, just, we'll, we'll touch on the Barca game a little later, but, you know, Valladolid caused a lot of problems for them, and it's just sometimes they play, they either defend really well against you, or they kind of just just break down and it seemed to be the case with Eibar they didn't seem to struggle too much it really helped him to go right before halftime as well I mean go up 1-0 at half and it just makes everything much easier mm-hmm. yeah I mean Eibar didn't create too much um, like I said you know this is just a solid solid performance from Real Madrid um, not much needs to be said about this uh, there is some news that you know we'll go ahead and cover a little bit later once we get into the Champions League um you know, with some players being out for Madrid. But overall, it's a great performance for them. Uh, they currently sit in third place, only two points behind Barcelona and three points behind Atletico Madrid. So, you know, like I said, they're completely back in the race. Uh, they could jump into second if they beat Barcelona. So, you know, they're still they're still competing. Yeah, it's, it's a big game for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, missing some... go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say they're gonna be missing some players just for the classico as well, so it's just it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a really it's good just, game. And- yeah, it's just as much as we like, maybe we don't like Madrid as much. Just they're one of those those teams that just finds a way. You know, so most of the time to they win. find a way to win, especially yeah, at just, this point in the season. Like I feel uh-huh, like springtime exactly. is Zidane time. <laughs> it's <like> black <laughs> magic time. <laughs> black magic time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think um. To kind of go into, you know, Barcelona, who they'll be playing this weekend. Um, they hosted Valladolid, and we didn't see any changes in the um, starting lineup. Frankie is still playing that Libero role in the mid, or I'm sorry, the central center back, but, you know, he'll kind of float into the midfield. Um, and it wasn't a pretty good performance from Barcelona, to com- be completely honest. Um, you know, there was some good link up between uh, Messi, uh, Messi and Busquets, and Overall, Barcelona wasn't wasn't able to create those clear chances, score those clear chances. Uh, there was some controversial calls. The you know the penalty around the twenty first minute. Barcelona really needs to improve, um, at least based on that performance, right? But they they've looked better in the past couple of weeks. You know they've looked a lot better in twenty twenty one. Yeah, definitely they they have looked better this this year, especially Messi, honestly. Um, which I honestly thought, I mean, he, he's always messy and we hold him to the highest standards, but I thought he had kind of a quiet game and it just kind of showed for Barca as well, you know, and I mean, but <clears throat> I saw that Dembele also kind of, he missed a couple of chances as well. And it's just, thankfully he got that, got that last minute goal and it's just, it's those crunch times, you know, he, it's really honestly like the crunch time. I read that it's like, it was like the first 90 minute goal that Bar- Barca scored and like, I forgot since like maybe the Busquets one. Mm-hmm. I think against no, Valencia. Piquet, or, I don't Piquet, know. or maybe La Liga changes. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it might have been a yeah. La Liga stat. No, that's that that's a huge goal for Dembele. Um he's he's been performing really well, right? Um, you know, now that he's able to get a, a good run of uh games being fit and I mean, what what does that put him at now for goal tally? He's looking at five goals. It's kind of low, actually, for La Liga. But a lot of those goals have come recently. So, yeah, I mean, and we got to talk about his contract. You know, it expires next year in twenty twenty two. I mean, it's one of the things that that Barca are looking to see if if they're going to extend or maybe sell him. Who knows? So, I mean, maybe that's a little maybe that's a little another factor. Maybe why he's performing better or he's trying. You know. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I personally, I saw the game. I, I wouldn't have been mad if Barca went down one zero in the first half. Um, yeah, they did not. I I did not like the the first half at all. I think, um, I just think the three in the back was a little bit too defensive. Even though, like you said, it's the John who plays that that central defender who kind of slips in. I just don't see. Um, I don't know. Maybe against this team, Busquets and the John kind of pairing. I don't. I don't see it necessary. I feel like you can attack your man or just play more offensive. They look bad. I mean, you, they 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 got saved by the post. Um, there were some chances that the other team didn't really seem to know what to do at the at the final third. Um, I mm-hmm. remember at 
think, I don't remember. I think it was the second half when Roque Mesa just kind of just slips in between everyone into the to the penalty box, and it just kind of just blows it up top over the bar. Yeah. But second half, he they, he goes back to that four three three, takes Busquets off, and it's just a completely dominated game by by Barca. And luckily, they just they like you said, it's those crunch times. It's you got to find a way to win, and that's what they did at the end of the day. Yeah, a lot of it did come from that red card um, to Oscar Plano too. I let's be honest, we're, I don't think that's a red. Uh, it was it was yeah, a yeah. really bad tackle. It was a dirty tackle, it, but it's one of those where it's yeah, it's a yellow, but it almost feels like like uh like almost in between kind of right, like a green mm-hmm. card or something, you know. And in indoor, they have like a blue card or something. Um, it it just. It was a really bad tackle, but I, I don't know if to go as far as a red card. Yeah. And no, that I, I didn't think it was a red card either. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just it's those things like when you look at in, in video or in, on the camera in slow motion, it looks it looks worse than it actually is, you know? It's just one of those things. And I mean I, I didn't I didn't I don't think Barr got into it or that I don't think they checked yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was video. a straight red actually. Yeah, straight red. Yeah. But I don't think they checked it or did they? I didn't see like a possible check of not being or anything like that. It's just kinda yeah, I don't think so. They like uh, right away. I don't, I don't think it was the right. I'm sure they like but... were reviewing it. Um, like they looked at it, but maybe they just decided to go ahead with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this. Just... I think this the the way um this weekend kind of went. Um, right, Sevilla beating Atleticos. They they can kind of stay in the race. I mean, they're currently sitting at fourth. Um, fifty eight points, eight points behind Atletico. They're not necessarily in the race. Uh, but as long as they can kind of hold on to their Champions League spot, which it looks like they will, I'm sure they'll be happy and they've had a pretty good season. But um, without out the way, Atletico, like I said, you know, there's drop points yet again. Barca's just one one point behind. Um, Real Madrid three points behind going into the the Clásico. And we have a little giveaway going on for that. Check out our Instagram. That'll probably be dropping either uh, tonight or tomorrow. So uh, go ahead and go look for that. But we're definitely going to go ahead and cover um, the Clásico because, I mean, that could be a pretty title-deciding match, right? We only got nine games left. Mm-hmm. Season's coming to no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a huge game. And especially when, like, um, I don't want to – I mean, obviously, all the attention is on the Clásico this weekend, but that Betis, that Betis-Atletico game is going to be interesting as well. That's very true. Because, you know, Betis, Betis is one of those teams, too, that – they can come out playing Barca or they come out flat and they just straight lose it, you know, sometimes. Yeah. But it's one of those interesting teams. I like their squad is not the best, obviously, but they have some interesting players. And, I mean, the, I'm pretty sure they can cause Atleti some some trouble. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this Clásico isn't necessarily, you know, going to 100% decide the title because Atletico is still in first and there's still nine games to be pay, played. That's 27 points. Um, but... It could kind of extend the gap between second and third and, you know, kind of keep it between a two-team two title race. Um, yeah. Like I said, you know, there's, it's a long season. There's a lot of games to be yeah. played. Yeah, I think it, I think it's more of a, of a deciding factor for, for Real Madrid, to be honest. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you win that Clásico and you go to second place or you lose it. You, uh, Bar- yeah, Barca goes up, what, five? Five points, and, yeah. And if there's two teams, if there's any teams that, that can – and go nine, ten games on B, and it's Barca and Madrid. You know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things. I just don't yeah. see Barca losing two, three games after that. Yeah, so it would be difficult. Yeah. Madrid. That, yeah. 100%. Um, so, yeah, like I said, you know, week in, week out, we'll, we'll go ahead and cover this title race. Um, 100% going to cover that classical in the next game. It's going to be one of our highlight games. But with La Liga out the way, um, we're going to go ahead and move into uh, Bundesliga. The, the first game we wanted to cover is between uh, one and two, right? First and second place, Leipzig and RB Leipzig and Bayern Munich. Um, going into the game, Leipzig has a is second place, four points behind them. So this this match could could have been a determining factor, or was a determining factor on whether you know this title race is going to keep going or not because it could either put them one point behind or seven points behind which in this case it puts them seven points behind um and Nagelsmann still searching for that first win versus Bayern with Leipzig he he had three ties and you know now we had a loss to that and um to be completely honest with you though Leipzig looked good uh in, especially early on in that game 
they were bothering Bayern. They were, um, you know, playing a super, super high, high press. You could hear the de uh, Bayern's defense. You could hear Lucas Hernandez yelling at players to drop, uh, asking for help. But Leipzig's, Leipzig's re really struggling without that goal scorer, right? I mean, a lot of teams do when you don't have someone to put the ball in the back of the net. But without Timo Werner and um, Sorloth, who I think is like really their only nine, um, he, he hasn't really been performing. They, they don't have anyone to put the ball in the back of the net. They kind of have like a Man City dilemma, but with players not at that level, right? Um, so do you guys think that um, a player like Brian Bobby, you know, will be able to help out RB Leipzig next season? Um, I mean, let's be honest, this title race is kind of out. It's kind of out the window, right? Yeah, mm. kind of it. Well, yeah, oh. personally, personally, yeah, oh, I right. think, I think, I think I haven't seen too much of him, but I, I've heard, I, I've seen that he's he's joining RB for for next season from Ajax, and he look he looks, I mean, he's a strong physical dude, and then most most people who play at, at Ajax are technical, you know, so I'm pretty sure he'll be a valuable asset. And he's young, he's mm -hmm. has a lot to to still learn, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure he'll help him out. And just looking at their lineup here, it's just they play with Nkunku, Olmo, Hadaira and Forsberg up top, you know, not mm -hmm. not a real nine. And then on the bench, you have Poulsen, Sorloth, and um, Wayne, oh, yeah, Wayne Hayne. Yeah, yeah but Juan so, Chan still has yet to even score a goal in, yeah, in the Bundesliga. Uh -huh. Yeah, so, but, so, I mean, they do have three three uh, center forwards on the bench. I mean, so, like you said, it goes back to just they're not performing. They're not performing, so you got to play kind of that false nine that, you know, that no. Let's just be no honest, they're not at the quality. They're not at that quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean it's it is tough, and I th I feel like they have been affected by it this season, and I mean Timo Werner is obviously not not the same right now as he was at RB Leipzig. He was that goal scorer, and mm -hmm. it just seems like RB Leipzig have that same problem that Germany has, who who do have Timo Werner. You know, it's just the level he's not at the same level. But you know, you see Germany producing amounts amounts of midfielders of just uh, center backs. You know, full, they have keepers. And it's just that nine. They're missing that nine ever since since Klose left. They haven't been able to find that. And I feel like that's like their main problem because you're looking at the stats and they've had more more possession, but yeah, uh, Bayern have more shots on goal and more mm -hmm. chances created. It's just they they were they were there. They just can't finish. They they don't have that one guy to finish their chances. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the difference in. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's like a money wise thing or what, but Bayern just are just different compared to all these teams in the Bundesliga, right? I mean, they're just like a way bigger club in a in a way, and not to like throw down on name on these other clubs, but it's just kind of the difference in squads that it's just like so much depth that they have, and they can like play longer, like more throughout these seasons, and still have a bunch of these players that are still going to come off the bench and be able to make differences and. A lot of the lower teams don't, you know. No, that's a good. That's, and that's really why they're. They, that's that. why they're always. I feel like in a way winning the league, maybe because you know it's just the difference in squads. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, this is super hypothetical because I mean, obviously, we all know that it didn't happen. But I think something that would have been really interesting was to see um, Holland make the move from RB Salzburg to RB Leipzig and how different this team could have or would have been. Uh, because that was a possibility um, when he was going to make his move. And to see this team with a, a player who, who can press and, and finish the way Holland can. Um, I mean, we, we all know Holland's qualities. What he would bring to this team would be, I mean, I don't want to sit on it for too long because it's, it's hypothetical, obviously. And, you know, he's on to some of the biggest clubs and not the, if not this season, next season. But, you know, that would have been. That would have been nice because they could have really challenged RB Leipzig. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it was a – I don't know what happened. I don't know if just Dortmund beat him to it. But, I mean, you have, like, a, uh, that the South Korean uh, Wang. He comes from, from Salzburg. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> one of those teams. Who knows, you know? Maybe they just – Sobo Sly also will be going yeah, next season. So, uh-huh. So, it's just – who knows but i mean it would like you said it, it's hypothetical but it would have been really interesting i feel like it would have been a lot different too yeah and <laughs> yeah. it's finally someone to put in the goals for them honestly that's probably an upgrade on timo Werner. 
um, and this team would be completely different. But you know, Bayern, um, when you when you're playing a press as high as Leipzig did, it's not gonna last, right? Um, and and as the half kind of went on, you could kind of see that uh, Leipzig kind of Leipzig's press slowly and slowly got. Um, less group oriented and was more individual right because you know the guys behind you don't aren't able to make everyone you're gonna make or don't want to make everyone you're gonna make and you know like you said guys just tire out and uh if you guys haven't seen Bayern's goal go watch it so it's about 36 minutes a beautiful goal they're they're working with the high press Leipzig's throwing players at them and you know they're they're get they just get out of it and eventually uh Kimmich picks up the ball and Haidara fouls him, right? And in this same play, Kimmich puts the ball down, plays a one-two with Sule, looks up, he sees Mueller making that run, and he just plays a beautiful ball into him. Uh, Mueller chases it down, kind of does like a little Cruyff turn to cut back, sets up Gretzka for a beautiful goal, 1-0. Um, and that about sealed the match, right? That's all Bayern needs. They just need that little goal uh, to go ahead and just kind of make them a little bit more comfortable. And, you know, they, they just saw it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you also got to, like, uh, obviously, they know the quality Bayern has. You know, it's you, you got to know the quality of the opposition. You know what I mean? Something like that might work uh, better against, I don't know, like a, a Hertha or, or a Cole or a, Cole or a Schalke mm-hmm. who's in last place right now. But you got Bayern, you know, there's, it's not going to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. And like you said, they, they got out that one time, and it's just they, they, they're able to, to score. Yeah, so um, unfortunately for RB Leipzig, uh, like I said, they do drop now seven points behind Bayern. Bayern currently sits at first with 64 points. Leipzig sitting in second at 57. Um, and, you know, there was another another little battle for, you know, for a position, right? Um, we had Dortmund and Frankfurt, uh, who also, also played on Saturday. And going into this game, Frankfurt's last win uh, at, Dor- at Dortmund's um, home ground was back in 2010. So, you know, it's been quite some time and, you know, they were able to pull this one off. Um, it was kind of a similar situation, right? Frankfurt and Dorman are both going up for uh, that fourth position to secure a Champions League spot. And four points behind a win could mean they're just they're just one point behind Frankfurt for Dortmund. Um, and a loss means which ended up happening. They're now seven points behind. And. Frankfurt has to slip up three times in order for Dortmund to catch him. And at least one of those has to be a loss. So they can't be three ties. It has to be at least two ties and a loss. And I don't, I mean, how many games are left in the Bundesliga? 34, seven games left. I mean, do we really see Frankfurt doing that? I think they secured that Champions League spot. Yeah, it's, it's it kind of sucks to see, honestly, because we, I've, well, at least I was hoping Dortmund could at least uh, get one point behind and then make it a little more interesting. And then, I know they really need that Champions League spot. I mean, they, it's just you get more money and it's just really helpful overall. And also players like uh, Sancho and Holland, are they are they going to stay or leave? I mean, it's just a big question right now. Yeah. yeah. No, and yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't know if Frankfurt secures that fourth spot just yet. They, they do play Wolfsburg in their next match, at three and fourth. Um, then they have Gladbach, who's obviously not been doing too good. And probably the other hardest game is Leverkusen. Other than that, they, I'm pretty sure they're, they're able to win the other games. But, yeah, it was a great opportunity for Dortmund. I don't think it's over just yet. But like Danny was saying, if they're not able to secure that, I don't think some players will, will want to stay, such as Sancho, Haaland, obviously the, the two most the obvious ones. And it's harder to recruit players. You know, it's hard to, to get quality players when you're not in those Champions League spots, you know. So, some players want to, want to play in those, those kind of competitions. So it's it, it, you're only you're not only getting rid of your probably your best talents, but it's hard to bring talent in. So I mean we'll we'll see how it ends. Well, they'll probably just reorganize during the summer again with their new coach coming in and see see where that goes. But it was a huge opportunity that they lost this weekend to get closer to that their their spot that fourth spot. Yeah, like you said, um, you know those higher level players they want to play in the highest level tournaments, and you know there's a pretty there's a pretty big level difference between the uh champions league and the europa league right you're playing uh i mean look at the europa league this year the best teams are what maybe like a milan uh i mean united dropped down so does it technically count but um i mean i think milan was probably maybe the strongest team to start off this tournament and look at the champions league i mean obviously you're gonna have your bayern munich's barca dormans and that's who those better younger players want to play against um 
So yeah, uh, Kostic really. Oh, another thing I wanted to bring up, like you said, those guys don't want to play in the in the Europa League. I mean, Emery Chan literally came out and said that he doesn't want to play in that tournament. And I mean, I'm sure everyone else on his team feels that way. But if you're gonna say that, you got to come out because this was said before the Frankfurt game. So I mean, these mm-hmm. guys have to come out and perform. You can't just say and you can't just want to play in the Champions League. Um, I, I think this is more on on Dortmund as a whole, as a collective, like from the board down. Um, you know, they might need to be a bit smarter with the recruitment. You look at their team and, you know, they have all these, they have Gio Reyna. Uh, uh, I can't even think of anybody else. They have Royce all these attacking. Brand. Yeah, Royce, right? They have all these attacking mids. Like, where are you going to play? How do you fit them all in? And when when they're not playing and when they're not in form, you know, those guys aren't going to get goals all the time. They're not going to come in and, you know, just score a goal. That's not the type of player they are. So I mean, maybe something needs to be done with Dorman. Um hopefully um you know like you said once once the new coach comes in who who's there i i think it's um what's his name it's uh, i forgot it's Edin Terzic Terzic is the coach yeah yeah Terzic right now and he's he hasn't really done much to improve the team unfortunately so i think personally you know i said i think Dorman's out of the Champions League um you guys don't but We'll go ahead and keep following that week in, week out, like I said. Um, but I think with that, we'll go ahead and – go ahead, go ahead. I just think um, their gamble hasn't paid off, you know. Uh, I think it was like two summers ago, you know, when they bought Hazard, Brandt, um, some of the other players from the Bundesliga trying to, I don't know, say copy what Bayern does, but kind of take talent from the Bundesliga and bring them in. And they just – I don't think they performed to the level they expected. And like you said, I mean, you have – the thing is you have all those mids – and yet you you have that that killer up top and it's just not working out it seems nothing's nothing's working right now for them so we'll we'll see but i mean definitely comparing squad to squad i think they do have a better squad than frankfurt and wolfsburg so it would be a pretty big shame not to see them in the champions league yep 100% but you know sometimes those better systems and better set up teams mm-hmm. will will up the the firepower so um you know will that happen it looks like it for now but um, we'll go ahead and keep keep you guys updated with that. But we'll go ahead and move into the uh, Champions League now. Uh, the first match being Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Um, you know, this was kind of a match that we wanted to look into. It was one of the, the closer ones with two former champions. Um, but big news before the match uh, even starts. Varane is out with COVID for not only this game, but uh, the Clásico too. You know, that's a huge, huge loss because, I mean, Ramos is also out. This is the first time they've played without those two in a Champions League game since 2016. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I mean, before the game, we, I mean, right before Brain was uh, notified that he was going to be out, we were going to, I was wondering myself, I mean, it's, it's time for Brain to step up, honestly, because it seems like every time he plays without Ramos, I mean, he kind of, not always, but I mean, he does have some bad games, and it's just, it was a big question, like, is is he going to perform tonight? And they kind of select to see, I mean, right before the game, we see that he was out, and I mean, they, they did fine without them both, and it was just, I was it was a really good game from them, honestly, I really liked it, obviously, they played really, really good. Mm. No, yeah, definitely. Um, I thought missing, um, I kind of knew the Ramos one, remember, I, I, I assumed that he was injured. I had heard something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Varane was unexpected. It was before the game. So um, it was just wondering because Militao hasn't really showed too much either since, since arriving there. Yeah. And it, it was a big question. Uh, Fernandez, you know, for Nacho is, is kind of just, you plug him in, you know, he plugs in the holes. I mean, he does his job. But mm-hmm. they perform really well. I mean, I feel like um, Liverpool's front three didn't really do much. Especially, especially the, the the number nine, Jota or or Firmino when he went in, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't cause too much problems for them either. But it was just another night of Madrid being Madrid in Champions League. Yeah, it's just they they seem to they performed well. I honestly had have no really bad bad takes or any bad points to point anything to point out. Even Vasquez was playing that yeah. that, um, that right back played. I thought he had an excellent game, and it was just like everyone was clicking, everyone was clicking. Liverpool just seemed lost, especially in that first half. Throughout the whole game, actually, to be honest. But it was just... I didn't think it was going to go that way, to be honest. Yeah, I had a few... Like, I guess one of the main things I, I thought going into this game was that um, 
Real Madrid was going to play the three back, right? Because they, they, they've been uh, implementing it in a couple games. So I was curious to see if they're going to bring that out. And I thought they were. Um, I was ruling out the 43, but I did think that the three back would come into place. And when I heard that Varan was injured, I, I, my immediate thought was, does that change it? Are they going to still come out with the three back? I, it was hard to picture who would play. I guess it could have been Militao Fernandez or Nacho and Mendy. Um, and then I guess maybe Marcelo Awad. It, it doesn't matter too much because it didn't happen. But um, that was one of my main concerns. And the second was when I saw uh, Liverpool's lineup, I saw Wijnaldum, Fabinho, and Keita. And the first thing that comes to my mind is no Thiago. And um, when I kind of asked myself, well, you know, what's the reasoning for that? I, I I thought that Liverpool would come out and really, really want to press the hell out of Madrid. Um, and in the last game again, or in the last Champions League fixtures that we saw, um, Real Madrid played Atalanta. And in my opinion, they dealt with that press very well. But part of it was, I think, because Cruz and Modric had to play so deep, right? I think we kind of uh, mentioned that uh, in the in the last Champions League preview. But now um, with Casemiro, I was going to... I wanted to see if he would be able to deal with the press and unfortunately it looked like it never really came from Liverpool. And I mean, if you if you look at the times Real Madrid's midfielders had the ball, they had three, four, five seconds to look up, take a touch, pick out a pass. I mean, let's, let's look at the, the first goal, for example, right? Um, beautiful like chef kiss goal from uh, Tony Gross to Vinicius who takes a beautiful touch with his chest. It was a superb goal. But there's no pressure on Tony Kroos. And, I mean, multiple times in the first half, he was able to pick up the ball, look up, pick his pass. And if there's one player you don't want to do that in the world right now, it's probably him. Um, you know, his ability to pick out a long ball. Yeah. if his, Their abilities to pick out a long ball is probably second to none in, the, in this world um, with his right or left, right? And we even saw that in the second goal, too. Um, Kroos had so much time to pick up the pa- uh, pick out that pass, and unfortunately – you know, Trent headed, heads it to Vinicius, but um, I was kind of disappointed in Liverpool. I, I think they may have gave Madrid a lot of uh, respect, and it seemed they, they just kind of came out scared. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by their lineup too, especially like you said, the, the Keita on for for Thiago. Mm-hmm. Um, I had doubts too about Fabinho. I didn't I didn't know if he was gonna play. Where he did at the CDM position, or he could he could have played center back. Um, the center backs didn't have too too much of a bad game. I mean, I I didn't really blame him for much. I feel like Phillips probably had a little better game than than uh Kabak Kabak, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just I don't I don't get that agenda that Thiago slows Liverpool down. You know, I I, I kind of don't get it. But even like you substitute for Keita, who's hasn't played a thousand minutes this season. You know, yeah. he hasn't been too too good. It's just one of those things that you kind of just wonder. I mean, I'm pretty sure Klopp knows why he did that. But like you yeah. said, it's kind of disappointing that just uh, Casemiro, Kroos, and, and Modric just, just – it was like Austin. they were playing by themselves in that midfield, you know? They just – it looked like they were playing by themselves and just when them had a horrible game. Fabinho was probably yeah, terrible. the better of the three. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of see Klopp making up for his mistake, you know, taking out Gaeta at the 40-second minute. Yep. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I remember I was watching it. I just I could thought he could have waited for halftime, and it's just one of those things. I mean, Mane was probably the best out of the front three. Salah did get the goal, but even Salah Salah in the first half was was he wasn't there. It was I didn't even know he was playing. It was just kind of those things, um, silly mistakes, some that led to goals, some others that didn't. Like you had the the cutback pass back to to Allison, which uh. Uh, was it Asensio? I think just, takes yeah. it. Yeah, and he, luckily for them, he shoots with his right, and Allison's able to take it to to block it. But it's just really, really silly mistakes at this stage from a team that you don't expect it. You know, because they are experienced in this kind of stage. Yeah, and and when you brought up that Kato, uh navigates a point that he hasn't even played a thousand minutes. I kind of just wanted to go through his games to see when, like, you know, he played good, important minutes in a good match. I met something. And I mean, he played Wolves 23 minutes, 18 minutes against Leipzig, 90 minutes against Fulham, they, Fulham, they lose, nothing against Chelsea, 10 against Liverpool, none against Everton, or I'm sorry, 10 against Sheffield United, none against Everton. Um, he, he's playing, he hasn't really played any big matches. I mean, he didn't play the Tottenham game. He, he comes in and he plays 10, 15, 20 minutes. 
and it's just very weird, um, like you said, for club to put the trust in him and start him against Real Madrid, a club with all this Champions League history. Um, it's one of those things where you just put your hands up and you kind of ask why, like you said, club probably knows better, but um, like we said, this is a, a great performance from Real Madrid and it is two consecutive games that they look really good and um, going in and they're going into the Clasico, which is, you know, this could be the, one of the biggest games of their season to, to put them into the La Liga race. And I think Asensio and Vinicius are hitting their strides uh, at the perfect time. Couldn't ask for a better time for those two to step up. Yeah, Vinicius follows up um, his good yeah. performance from the weekend with two goals last night. Uh, Asensio, I think, had his fourth consecutive game scoring. Benzema putting a good show as always. It's mm-hmm. just, especially, we've been critical of Vinicius for his finishing, and he was, he took his chances. He had a one-header, which went a little bit wide. I mean, you can't ask him to score everything either, but he, he took his chances well. That first goal, amazing control. Excellent finish, yeah. the second. the sec, His second goal, I think, uh, I mean, it's it's too much to ask maybe for Allison. He does get a touch on it. It's not right on the on the post, but it, it's a hard shot, and it, it's, it's just, like you said, they're hitting their stride. They're playing well. And, I mean, that... That midfield, especially, I love the the Madrid mm-hmm. cross combination. I feel like we could probably put someone better for than Casemiro right there, but those other two. <laughs> I mean, he suits them. He suits what they need. Yeah, you know, he drives yeah. and tackles and does all that annoying shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, excellent performance and it's just Liverpool. I just, I don't know. I just a lot of doubts <clears throat> from them. I don't know if they'll come back. To be honest, I had my money on them, but I don't know. All they need is two goals, right, to win? Yeah, or, but they would have to keep yeah. a clean sheet. Yeah, keep a clean sheet. Two, they only scored two. Yeah. As soon as Madrid gets one, then they'll need three. If Madrid gets one, that is. And it's just like, I don't know, just I hate touching on that point because it's the same point, you know, but you have the Keita. And then, like you said, if you want to press, you have Milner. Who, when I look at their training video, that's the guy who's who runs the most, you know, the most athletic, fit person. Or yeah. you have... um jones the the youngster who's who's played a they lot this well. season you know and he's he, he brings that energy you know he's dynamic so i just i kind of don't get that that white gaita but who knows we'll see we'll see for the for the second leg yeah 100 that second leg will take place on april 14th um so what is that next week actually um so we'll go ahead and see who, who the winner of that one is but the other game from Tuesday, uh, you know, Man City hosting uh, Borussia Dortmund. And this is a pretty controversial game to keep it, you know, just 100. Uh, City win, they won the game 2-1, but, you know, there's the Jude Bellingham, um, what was called a foul. Um, you, you, what, what did you guys think? You guys think that's a foul? I mean, I guess you could say maybe it studs up, but. Mm. Personally, I mean, it, it is studs up, but he does get the ball first. And I don't even think, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he hits him, right? I'm pretty sure, like, when when he swings, Ederson, he ends up hitting him. Ederson kicks I don't even, Bellingham? Yeah, does he? Does yeah. he end up kicking Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. But even then, I think he wins the ball cleanly. I don't, and, I mean, you have VAR, so I don't know. I thought it was a goal, to be honest. I, I think it should have counted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the way, yeah, yeah, I guess we could all kind of agree on that one then. Um, doesn't help him any, any but yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, Chan, um, like for the first goal, you know, he just kind of gives gives the ball up and uh, KDB leads that counter and he's actually the one who puts it home for 1-0. But um, City did have a couple chances that they should be putting away. And I guess I guess against a, a, a better opponent, this tie's not over by any means. I'm not saying that, that it's over, but, you know, against a Real Madrid, against a Bayern Munich, if you're not putting those chances away, um, it's not going to be as as simple of a game as it could have, or it was it was against Dortmund, right? Not like this game was easy at, by any means, but yeah, yeah. look like yeah, honest. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, bro. No, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, it just kind of seemed like they came out with a little bit, a little bit overconfident, just kind of thinking it, it was theirs. Like you mm. said, um that the most the, the one that comes to mind is that Phil Foden chance that I think the keeper blocks I mean he should yeah. be putting that away he should put that away um, and sometimes it just didn't look like they were out there at, like you know at 100 miles per hour it just seems like they were kind of a little bit slower but I think yeah, we've like kind of seen that definitely. in some of the bigger games that City and Pep have, have come out again though right uh, 
the one that immediately comes to mind was the the uh, Manchester Derby. That game was super boring, and I, I feel like they just kind of try to drag it out. I don't know what the intent is. I don't know if they're trying to pull out the other team, but I don't know. Yeah, but uh, going back to, I thought honestly it was a lot of Man City in the first half and uh, Dortmund in the second half, and it was it was kind yeah, of Dortmund looked better. nice to see they looked really good in the second half and. They had a few chances where I I thought maybe damn like they might actually be like in this tie the whole way through and they might even win today. But I mean mm. they were just unlucky honestly. Yeah, uh, I mean they did get the away goal right, so yeah, that could, that could come back. Um, I mean if they can somehow keep City to a one zero, if they can get a one zero win, you know some somehow. But ah. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, you know, Manchester City's a just just a unit, and if if they didn't necessarily perform as good as we think they could in in this game, I think you know this next game they'll make the the adjustments that they need to, um, and and I think they might put City or I'm sorry, they might put Burst Dortmund away kind of early. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think if if they come out with the right mentality, it shouldn't be too much of a problem for them. Um, they did get lucky. Let's let's be honest. They got lucky with that 90th minute goal. I mean, yeah, you you Dortmund's able to if they able to contain them and keep it one one. I mean, they have the lead going back home. You know, um, it's just one of those things that Dortmund has has seemed to be lacking. Um, I can't remember. I think it, I don't remember if it was against Sevilla. Concede like a last minute goal as well. I mean, I think the tie was over, but I mean, still, it's one of those little things. You know, just you gotta sharpen up in those last moments. And I mean, a one one would have been a great result for Dortmund. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, they they only need a one zero. The problem is, can you keep City from scoring for for ninety minutes? You know, but if if they can come out and get an early goal, I think I think it's pretty much over. But I thought it, I thought it would be over by the by the first leg, and it just goes to show, you know, the Champions League is it's a special night. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go ahead and uh, introduce to the next game? Uh yeah. So today Wednesday, what's today? I don't know today is April seventh. Uh, oh yeah, four seven. Um, <laughs> Chelsea played uh, Porto in Sevilla, in Sevilla Stadium. Um, it was it was a good game. Um, honestly, I thought Sevilla looked like the better team in the first half, and they were really attacking. And Porto. they had, I mean, Chelsea or Porto? Not, yeah, Porto. Porto, my bad. Sevilla is <laughs> the home team. Uh, huh? Yeah the home stadium but yeah um it just looked like they were really the, the better team for me in the first half and i mean it, it was just weird to see honestly but it looked like chelsea were just kind of sitting back a lot and they did have the ball uh, like a good amount but it just looked really defensive from them honestly yeah the, the that's it's kind of a funny thing right that both teams are playing in the same stadium and they still have the away goal rule um i mean chelsea now has two away goals so it's just a, it's just like a weird thing, but like you said, yeah. I mean, Chelsea. In I mean, I think in the whole game, they they just kind of look to hold, especially in the first half. They just look to hold the ball, and they I think they had one shot. I think Mount's shot in the in the first half was the only one that they had in in that half at least. Um, but you know that's a superb turn from Mount. Um, you know he picks his corner and he finishes it into the bottom corner, and he he's been a player that we've all kind of. Um, looked at and and praised the season and and that's exactly why he he just needs that moment right he just needs a couple couple seconds to to do what he has to do and he puts the ball in the back of the net and he puts Chelsea up one nil and ultimately in these games like the score is all that matters right um would you want would you want the team to look a bit better yeah sure um but I, I don't know if Porto can come back from this two nil especially with these two these two goals being away goals I mean that's huge I find it really, really difficult. I think, like we said before, Chelsea, this tie well, Chelsea. Like you said, they weren't too, too off. They weren't on the attack too much. They had the second leg is going to be exactly kind of the same, you know? Chelsea with yeah. the ball. Super dead. I, mean, I just don't see Porto taking the ball away from them, even though they're down and they need to. But, I mean, it was a great run. It's a great run by Porto. I don't want to say it's over because it's not, obviously. But I just feel like they can pull this one through. Um, we're still waiting for for Havertz and Werner to 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 show what they can do, like they have mm-hmm. shown in, in at least in the Bundesliga last season. But overall, just a well performance. 
getting back from that that five two loss on the weekend, which yeah. is <laughs> let's not talk about that one right now. But it's just it's get back on track and it's just keep moving. And one of the I big mean, big things that you gotta look at is um, Porto did this with Paulo Oliveira, who like we said you know previously that's probably I mean you can you know could be considered their best player. Um, and they also did it without that Emmy, right? You know, those are two of their best players. Like that Emmy has what? That's he had currently has uh, nine goals, six assists in the Primera Liga. He's one of you know the top scorers up there. So those two big losses, um, and they they performed well. And I think as a Porto fan, you, you got to be heartbroken. Like the performance, um, you know, like I said, without those two key players and the way Chelsea kind of came out and really didn't create too much you know they just kind of held the ball especially in that first half in the second half Porto looked a lot better um you know possession wise but you know that last minute Tecatito error just is like a punch in the gut right because a 1-0 you kind of still have a chance um you know a, a goal can be pulled at any second but to go down just two goals and in, in going into the second leg it's a it's a lot rougher yeah and especially just wanted- when it's one of your best players you know, they're being one of their best players, just kind of committing. So we're talking about moments here. That's what that separates greatness, moments, yeah. from, you know, from failure. And it's just a bad ball, an easy control that he would make any day. And it's just, it costs you, like you said. I mean, a 1-0 is not that bad. You can pull it off from a set piece. from something. You can pull a goal, something like that, you know, out of nowhere. But when you're missing two Especially of your best players, and then, yeah, and then one of your other best players commits that kind of error, it is kind of, kind of sad to see. Especially at this stage in the competition. Yep. I just I wanted to point out how um, I saw that Jorginho got man of the match, and I mean it's it's great to see him get praised, and I love that. But I thought honestly, Mendy had a really great game today. He he made a really couple of good saves that really stuck out to me, honestly. And I thought he just honestly my man of the match. I mean, speaking of saves and good goalkeeper performances, that might be the perfect transition into. <laughs> to the next game, right? I mean, we have Bayern Munich hosting uh, Paris Saint-Germain and, you know, man of the match, you know, might, may have gone to uh, to Mbappe. probably Kylian Mbappe. Um, I mean, looking here at Kaylor Navas' stats, the guy pulled off 10 saves. Um, looking at the game, right, Bayern Munich really um, kind of dominated and PSG was just, PSG's game plan was really clear. It was just to hit him on the counter um, and I think when they scored their their third goal, I think they only had like four shots, right? Four shots, three goals. Like that's mm-hmm. a FIFA stuff. And looking <laughs> looking at Bayern Munich, look, looking at their stats, they got thirty one shots, twenty six chances created, and six of those are big chances. Their XG is pretty pretty high. And um, but when you have like the the attacking threat of Neymar and Mbappe, I mean, and you add to that, you know, Di Maria and you know, there's more quality on that team, of course, but when you have those two leading the charges, especially on your counterattack, and I mean, what what did we say was Bayern Munich's biggest issue? It's been that defense, right? Yeah, and just I mean, we were talking about it in the last. I think it was the last episode uh, where we were talking about Neymar coming back, and I mean, right yeah. away he proves it. I mean, he creates the first two goals, and it's I mean, it's just beautiful to see. Honestly, it's I love Neymar. He's a great player, and. We just knew he was going to make that difference for PSG. Dude, that second assist was sick. But there's a left, yeah. too. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it's a practical team. It's a, I don't want to say classical Pochettino team, but we're, we're kind of used to seeing this at, at, at his Spurs day, you know, playing bigger opposition. I'm not saying um that Bayern have a, a way better squad than, than Paris, but, you know, when, when Spurs would face the City, it's kind of what we saw, you know, just kind of sit back. And, and get get them on the counters. Um, I, I I do believe that Bayern should have won this game. I wouldn't have been upset yeah. if Bayern won it. Um, obviously, we saw they're missing Chupomoti and Nabri, who's out for COVID too. Oh, Lewandowski, yeah, Lewandowski. And uh, Nabri's out. And it's just Coleman. Coleman, I really think, stood out to me as well too. He had a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, Sani, I think, could have done a little better. But it's just... I didn't really like. I, I was surprised seeing Hernandez start at that left back position, and it's just it's that's the things that these players kind of give you know that that flexibility. Goretzka comes off in the first half. I'm not sure if yeah. that was a just a, I think a it's tactical an sub or, or something or an injury. Pretty sure. I mean, 33rd minute is kind of weird, 
But yeah, I'll look into the move. You get Alfonso Davis I've... in there. And then um, I don't think he was injured though. I don't think so. He looked he looked fine coming I... off. Yeah, I think uh, he was. It says Flick confirms Goretzka and Sule suffered muscle injuries. I mean, he looked kind of yeah. like he was making a weird face when he's coming off. Yeah. But I think that really kind of helped him. I'm not I mean, obviously, Goretzka is a great player, but it didn't seem too real effect though when, when um, Davis comes in, Hernandez moves to that center, to that center back spot, and yeah. Alaba goes into that middle of the pitch. Especially that, the Alaba, great baller, you know, can play anywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I thought it was a great game. Just PSG was really practical. I mean, I don't want to put too much on, on Neuer on the goal, but he does have some responsibility. I feel like he tries okay, to so. anticipate. He tries to anticipate that he's gonna go um across and he just kind of just bottles. Oh, it. the third one. The no, the first one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because yeah, he, that... like his movement looks like sideways and like you know. Yeah. It's weird. But I mean. Like, like, I saw your tweet, you know, if that was Ter Stegen, you know, Germany would have been exploding. Oh, yeah, they'd um, be on his ass. Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know, it's just, that's the things you kind of want to see, I mean, from especially Paris fans who kind of have those demons as well, too, you know, of not showing up, bottom yeah. leads, which they kind of did. But that's what you're going to see, you know, uh, Mbappe, another great game. Just crazy speed, you know, clinical. The his the third goal was crazy. That was a great goal. That's, the third goal, to be honest, yeah, that was a good. That was a really that was a kind of fast goal. counter. The mm-hmm. way he, he the way he like waits um and he gets Neuer leaning like Neuer mm-hmm. will take a he take he he looks up he sees Neuer take a step mm-hmm. the second he takes that step he rips it to the first post and like Neuer has no chance to save that. Yeah, and it's like he he fakes he fakes a little like he fakes the shot and that's like when he's gonna yeah. opens his leg too and that he yeah just yeah puts it right through his legs. It's it's crazy. I mean, baller yeah, Neymar ins- again. I feel like Neymar hasn't didn't get enough fouls called going his way. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did really kick him a little bit too much this game. I feel like he should have gotten more more calls. I think but, I actually tweeted that. I don't know if I actually tweeted it, but I definitely typed it. Like Neymar, is, I think the reputation that he brings to himself, um, and and the way he plays, like kind of not teasing players, but you know, he beats mm-hmm. someone and he'll come back and beat him again, right? Um, I think because of that, like refs are kind of hesitant to call when players kick them, even though it's still a foul regard. It doesn't matter. I mean, look at how mm-hmm. players, I feel like every other player in the world is drawing more fouls than ever before. Like they're, they, they get touched on the ankle and like, you know, you just fall and you'll get the foul, it, but it's neat. Mm-hmm. because I think because it's Neymar, it's, it's a different case. Yeah. He kind yeah, of buys just... himself but. Yeah, he just has that like diver reputation now, and it kind of sucks to see. I mean, I mean, at times, yeah, he does have like he does throw himself a little bit, but I mean, he's he gets hits a lot. He gets hit a lot, and it's just I mean, those fouls need to be called on because over time, it's just it gets to you, you know. I mean, look at Hazard; he was fouled a lot in the Premier League, and I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, yeah, he's he's overweight too, so that might be a little problem. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, over yeah. time, I know that really affects you, you know. I think Mueller Mueller really had a good game as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like obviously the absence of of Robert Lewandowski is, is was huge. I feel like he he would have put at least one or two of the chances they had away. Um, Kimmich Kimmich had another great game. I thought oh, he yeah. was excellent. Just yeah, straight up baller. And honestly, I I was expecting a, I don't know, I was expecting a little bit more even match to be honest. But yeah. Bayern just see, I I love the way Bayern played today. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think the looking at the way PSG set up, there's nothing brilliant about it. There's nothing special about it. But I mean, to be completely honest, um, the way the teams match up, I think PSG is like the perfect counter for Bayern Munich. PSG doesn't have the best defense, um, especially. I mean, Marquinhos was subbed off off an injury too, right after his goal, unfortunately. And I mean, he's kind of like the quarterback of defense. He's their leader back there. He's the captain. And when I went, when he went out, I was, I was kind of worried for them. It was already, it was 2-0 at that point. And, um, you know, one of my concerns is, are they going to be able to, I mean, keep a shutout? I don't know if they would have keep kept the shutout with him in there just because of the amount of opportunities that Bayern Munich had. But when you don't have them, that's an even bigger loss. Um, I mean, luckily for them, Navas was, Navas was on one. I mean, almost the man of the match performance. If, if Bayern doesn't have 30 shots on target, I mean, that's a man of the match performance from him. Yeah, he's oh, yeah, really definitely. great. And they they struggled a lot in the air, to be honest. Yeah, Paris, I mean, I feel both like they goals. struggled 
first two goals. Yeah, both goals. They struggled a lot. They just I don't know if they were doing zonal markings or what what it was, or if their man to man just wasn't good enough. But, I hate when I mean, something to work marking. on. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you look at you look at Paris's team, and it's it looked like most like at least in the the defense side of it, it's just all muscle, you know. You have Kimbembe, who's who's technical. I'm not gonna say he's not, but Diallo, um, Pereira, uh, uh, what's his name? Ghana Gay in, uh-huh, yeah. in the middle. It's just it's you know it's all muscle. It's it's kind of just doing the the dirty work. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of soccer, not a lot of football being played, but like it's that it's excellent. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, it worked out in PSG's favor perfectly. It doesn't doesn't hurt when you have Mbappe going on the counter. Um, especially against this Bayern Munich team, like we said, you know, they have the uh, defensive fragilities. They, I mean, not only in the Champions League, but in the league too. But, um, you know, the two teams meet again on Tuesday, April 13th. That's, I think that's a, that's a, that's a game that's circled on every single soccer fan's calendar, considering how like fun this last game was to watch, um, you know, two, three tons of chances, watching just Neymar and um and Bobby just go on that break and you know Bayern Munich play some great great football their their combination play the link up you know the one Tuesday play it's brilliant stuff man brilliant but I mean that's what we love right football's back uh football's back um club football's back which you know which we all really needed and this was kind of a jam-packed week I mean look how much that we yeah. covered it was yeah, definitely I mean, a fun it was, episode. It was, it was a like, fun week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the stuff and, that we didn't even cover, the the Copa del Rey final, which is technically from the 2019-2020 season, um, between the two two Basque teams, first time ever that we have an all-Basque Copa del Rey final, um, between Athletic Club and Real Sociedad. And Real Sociedad was able to pull out way the 1-0. I think definitely deserving. Um if you haven't seen the Alguacil video, you know, to some people it was a bit corny, but when you understand the guy's background and his history with the club, um, you know, when you see him grab, put the jersey on, it's screaming. I mean, he's probably the, one of the club's biggest fans, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah, especially when it's your first trophy in 34 years, you know. It's – you get yeah. – someone, like, we get excited and we're not even fans of the club. You know, imagine him who's who's been at that club his whole life, who's been a fan. It's just yeah, one exactly. of those things that, that the football gives you. Yeah, the guy was a. I have it here. He's he's a player. He played for them. Uh, I think it was over about maybe like hundred games. He was also the Juvenila coach, which is the U19s. He then became the Sanse assistant coach, which is uh, Real Sociedad's B team. And then a little bit after that, he came, he became the head coach of the B team for over hundred games. Um, and he actually never really wanted to become the first team coach. Um, the first time it was presented, it's there was only nine, like nine games left in the season uh, and they had just fired. I, I don't remember exactly who the head coach was, but he said, yeah, sure. I'll step in. But, um, you know, he kept his promises. Boys, maybe <laughs> maybe it might've been, I think it was a bit after, I think it was Eusebio oh. actually. He, oh, okay, he was like yeah. a Barcelona coach. Um, yeah. But after those nine games, he said that he'd returned to Sanse, the Real Sociedad B team. And I mean, he kept his promise. He went back. And then the job opens again six months later, and he's supposed to take place as the caretaker. And, I mean, he just did such a good job that they, they give him the job, right? And, I mean, look at where they were at the beginning of the season. There was a point in time where they were sitting first place, and um, the way yeah, he's kind of I transformed mean, they, they played, is beautiful. They play, they play great football, too. I mean, their style is really, really nice to see. It's pleasant to watch, and... It's giving some players, I don't know if I would say justice, but I mean that at least that opportunity it's giving the opportunity to play with for the national team, you know. You have yeah. um Oyar Saval who's been with the national team. Um Merino, Merino. Who I don't think he hasn't been, but he's been playing excellent. He's brought some players back to their level, you know, some experienced players like uh, Nacho Monreal. Mm-hmm. Obviously David Silva was a big, a big um transfer for them this, this for this upcoming season. Odegaard last year. Odegaard, yeah. Who's almost almost came back on loan this year. Yeah. Was arson over them at the end, but um, I Isaac Isaac is playing great there too. Yeah, Isaac's playing great this week this year. So it's, it's great, great for them to be honest. Yeah, it's funny enough because they actually played today. Um, but they they drew one one. It was in La Liga though. Yeah, but uh, I think with that we we can kind of wrap up this um this week's video. But uh, for next week. We're, we're going to have some, you know, some big games coming this weekend uh, that we'll, we'll be covering next week, right? 
the first being Real Madrid versus Barcelona. Uh, there's also some other great matches, though. You, you got Frankfurt versus Wolfsburg, like we talked about. It's three and four. Uh, Stuttgart Dortmund is a good one as well. Atletico Betis, like we already mentioned. So, you know, there's some there's some good matches that are going to, you know, push the title a certain way. Yeah, it's going to be a good weekend, honestly. Excited to yes, see sir. the sports. Crunch time. Crunch time for all the teams. Some great matchups. To take yeah. a little look at City's schedule. City has a nice schedule coming up, too. Yeah. Man City? Yeah. yeah I was just City. looking at it right Leeds. now. Leeds. That's going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah. Leeds, Dortmund, Chelsea, Villa, Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Tell you that yeah. little good run of games. Well, too. They're in all four competitions, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Is the Tottenham one the, the Carabao Cup or no? Tottenham is Carabao, yeah. And then yeah, uh, Chelsea the is FA. Okay. What is yeah, FA? Is that semis? Yeah. Yeah. And the, what is that? Quadruple? Anyone quadruple? Quadruple. Let's see. Hopefully. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All righty. But um, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? I'm trying to think of any other news. News, no, just probably the Ramos injury. He's out for a couple of weeks. And the Suarez out for yeah. another couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, Ramos and Varan out. Um, yeah, I think that, that's pretty much most yeah, of the news, though. Yeah, well, you know, it's a really fun episode. We covered a lot. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's what we do watch the games, let you guys know what happens. Uh, like I said, though, um, be sure to check out our Instagram, footy f o o t y underscore mundial. Giveaway will be posted within a day or two. Um, so, yeah, I think with that, thank you guys for watching. Make sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're on. Please leave us a like. Go ahead and comment if you have anything you wanted to say or touch on. And, yeah, with that, thanks, everyone, for watching, and have a good one, boys. Later, guys. Have a good yeah, one. Likewise, have a good one. Thank you.